Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And if you wanted to go back up and read a couple verses before that, they kind of go along with that thought. Read the whole chapter, it's good reading. But verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So this thought came to us earlier in the week. And we tried to read and study, and you won't find this term, these two words linked together anywhere in the Bible. But uh, I want to preach on Christmas lights if the Lord will help me. And uh, you think about that term and people go out and, and uh, it may just be a simple string of lights or it may be several hundred strings. I remember as a boy, you all might know where I grew up, right over here across the bridge and just down the highway, uh, Dal White lived in the house across the highway and every year he would go all out. His house, every tree in the yard, he would have Santa Claus there, he would have the blow up things that you can buy and purchase. And people would come from miles around and stop and walk through his yard just to see all the lights. And we have folks that do that every year, and that's, that's great. That's wonderful. And, uh, but I'm afraid, let's just start at the beginning. I'm afraid that we forgot and left the Christ part out. Um, if you've watched the news lately, you see all these container ships out in the in the ocean just waiting to dock and unload and people, I saw a thing on the news this afternoon after I got home from work and it was a scarcity meter. And they were talking about the things that were gonna be the most difficult to find to buy for Christmas. And they started with game consoles, electronic games and things of that nature. And I'm sure people will get angry They'll jerk, they'll snatch, they'll grab, they'll do anything they can to get the thing that they desire when what we need to desire is Jesus. Amen. We've left Christ out. It's not in what... Now here we sit on Wednesday about three weeks or so, four weeks before Christmas, you couldn't name two gifts you got last year for Christmas. You'd be hard-pressed to name two things, just two things. Most of us couldn't name one. To, to think of a gift that you got last year, been less than a year, and you've forgotten already what you got last year for Christmas. But I got a gift when I was eight years old. One night down on my knees beside a half bed. I've never forgotten that one. Amen. As a matter of fact, Amen. it's never grown old. Amen. It don't get threadbare. It don't bear holes in it. Amen. And the longer I have it, the better it gets. Amen. 
I'm awful proud of it. Amen. I, mostly, I'm just proud that he'd consider the likes of me and give it to me. That, that a Savior would consider a sinner like me and give me eternal salvation. A nothing, and you're looking at a nothing and a nobody. We were the poorest of the poor. If it had taken money to be saved, I wouldn't have gotten it. They had worked at Ryan Lumber Company. They made nothing, almost next to nothing. And we lived week to week. And we never went out to eat or we never had the first pair of leather tennis shoes I, I had. I had to buy myself. The first McDonald's hamburger I had, I bought myself because we just didn't have the money to do with. And if it had cost money to be saved, I would have been out of luck. If it, if it had been smarts, I would have been out of luck. But all it required of me was a broken heart. Yeah. All it, that God required of me to get the best gift humanity's ever gotten was a broken heart. And I called on Him from a broken heart and asked Jesus to save me. I didn't know how to pray, Mike. I didn't know what to say. I just said, Jesus, please save me. And I said that four or five times. Hell was, was hot. And I knew I was going to go there if something didn't happen. And I asked Jesus to save me over and over and over. And about the fourth or fifth time, there was something happened on the inside. I was the same little old ugly boy to look at in the mirror. But on the inside, that fear left me. Peace came in. And I was a changed human being. If you want to know about the greatest gift I ever got, let me tell you about Jesus. Alright. I'm going to get to the Christmas lights. You just be patient. We got to start with Christ. Amen. People think it's about spending money. And I do believe this. I believe if you love your people, you'll want to give them things. You may not afford to buy a diamond ring or a brand new car or the the Fanciest gifts the world thinks that should be given, the ones they advertise. But if you give something with all the love that you've got, Amen. it'll make a difference. Yeah. Now, it's not within my power, but if I could, I'd give you Jesus. Amen. If I could, I'd share him with you. Yeah. Amen. He's been so good to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's the reason that we have Christmas. If you want to know about Christmas lights and why we hang them, if you want to know why we have Christmas, it's because for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You want to know what Christmas is about? It's about the Son of God who left the splendor of heaven to come down to this world. And so often at this time of year we hear the story about the babe in the manger. We do our pageant here most years and we tell the story of the birth of Christ. We can't leave Him there. If we left Him there we'd have never got the gift of salvation. He came and left the splendors of heaven, was born of a virgin. Did you hear that? A virgin birth, a pure birth, a birth 
that was in that was God and man. Mary conceived, and that thing that was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost, and she brought forth a son and laid him in a manger. And wise men came. To, I'm glad the Lord's going to help me for a few minutes. And wise men came to seek him. Oh, that's a wonderful story, preacher. How they brought the gold, silver, the gold, and, and frankincense and myrrh. That's a wonderful story. Well, guess what? Wise men still seek him today. Amen. That's not a has-been story. That's a present tense. <laughs> All right. They presented him with gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The very best. Did you hear that? The very best that they had. What are you giving him? What am I giving him? Are we giving him the best we've got? Are you like me? There have been times I've given him leftovers. What I had left at the end of the day, what time I had left. Wore myself out trying to make a living in this world, doing things at home, and run in and give him just a few minutes. He deserves far more than that. After the gift that he gave us, I'll tell this. And no doubt you have experienced this. When my children were small, they had a gift exchange at school every year. And they sent home the note not to spend more than a certain amount. And so we went and we bought a, a nice gift. It was one that my son, if he had gotten it, he'd wanted, to, he'd wanted to have kept it. And they put his gift in along with all the others. And when he came to receive his gift, he got a pair of socks. He didn't feel like that was a fire exchange. When he came home, he was a little disappointed. I'm sure the family that sent that gift probably sent all they had, the best that they had. I understand that. But I said that to say this, take a look at what God gave us. And what we've given him. I'm afraid he'd be very disappointed with how little I've given him along life's way. So Christmas lights. Let's finish that. Then we'll move on. He, Yes, he was born of a virgin birth in a manger. But that's not the end of the stories, you see. He lived. He grew up a carpenter's son. And he built a kingdom. And at 33 and a third years, he came preaching. We want to ignore what he preached, don't we? We want to pretend that everything is okay, but that's not what Jesus preached. He preached, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If they had to repent in Jesus' day, why, surely we do now. Amen. Surely we do. Human nature has not changed. We've advanced. We, we've gotten technical. We've gone, gotten all these trinkets and things of this nature supposedly to make life easier. But human nature is the same. Sin is still sin and men still need to repent in this day and age. 
You know the story of Jesus, don't you? Let's not leave him in the manger. Let's take him on to, the, to Calvary's hill. Let's, let's see what happened to him. We read where that he was there in front of Pilate. And Pilate sat in judgment of him, didn't he? And we hear Pilate make this statement. And maybe I'll get around to the lights on this one. Pilate said, know you not that I have power to release you or power to crucify you? And what did Christ say? He said, you can have no power at all except it were given thee of the Father which is in heaven. Amen. How do those lights burn? You can have the prettiest strand of lights you've ever seen. They could be spread out all across your yard. But if they're not connected to the power, they'll never shine. Amen. How do you think we glow? I'm going to get to the lights before I get down. All right. You know Christ's story, don't you? How that he was brought out. I'll not go all into it, but you know about the crown of thorns. You know about the purple robe they put on him. You know how they marched him out before Herod and Herod's soldiers mocked him. You know how they scourged him, how they beat him, how they smote him about the head with the reed, how that they plucked his whiskers, how that they spat upon him, how they lied upon him. That's what he left heaven for. How he had to suffer to give us the greatest gift ever given. How the things that he endured so that we could be saved, redeemed, so that we wouldn't have to die and go to hell. That's how, what great price. If you want to spend a lot of money for Christmas, think about how much that Christ had to pay for your salvation. Hurrying right along, you know how that he went to the cross of Calvary. He hung between the heavens and earth. Is that not right? Mm -hmm. And I believe he said this. And I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Now let's skip over. Let me finish Christ's story. He said, it is finished. I'm skipping a lot. You go and read it. He said, it is finished. He bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. They put him in a borrowed tomb where never a man had been laid. And on the third and appointed morning, Mary went down there. And there, preacher, now you're getting into Easter now. You need to save that part. You need to have the whole story. That's right. Amen. On the third and appointed morning, Mary went down there. There stood an angel. He said, Why seek you the living among the dead? He's not here for his risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Now, I've never been privileged to go over to that part of the country. I've known folks, had relatives that have gone, things of that nature. One day I'd love to go. But I'm here to tell you, I've never laid eyes on it, but I know that tomb is empty. I know there's nothing in there. 
They found his grave clothes. They found the napkin folded. But he wasn't in there. He's risen. Where is he, preacher? He wandered about the earth for around some 40 days, I believe. Appeared before around 500 or so, if I'm not mistaken. And then they saw him ascend in the heavens. And the angels said, you men of Galilee, why? folks. Why stand you here gazing? Why are we standing around? This same Jesus you see going away shall come again in like manner. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Alright. Let your light so shine among men. So let's get to our Christmas lights. You want to? Alright. Now, if you go over in Genesis, the world was void and full of darkness. Until God said, let there be light. Isn't that a wonderful statement? The world's still void. And it's still full of darkness. And the only hope in it today is the light. Read on down in that chapter. It said he made a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. Now, maybe I've talked about this before, so pardon me if you've heard this before. If you've not, you're going to hear it. Science tells us that that greater light must have been the sun. And the lesser light must have been the moon. But let's go to the New Testament. What did Jesus say about that light? He said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, I go away and ye are the light of the world. If I'm not mistaken, it's just a verse or two above where I read you tonight. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. They are talking like that we might just have to close the doors. I know attendance down is everywhere. Uh, The world could care less about whether we gather out on a Wednesday night. But this church, this glorious church that we're a part of is the light in 2021. It's the only hope that humanity's gone of getting from earth to glory. It's, it's the apple of God's eye and He'll be by our side and He'll take her with Him when this life is over. Amen. Preacher, you still not got to the Christmas lights yet. I'm going to. <laughs> All right. The greater light and a lesser light. Let's look at that lesser light again for just a minute. Now we can gather and we can go through the motions and walk out the same angry, bitter people that we were when we came in the door. The same troubled, burdened people that we walked, that walked in can walk right back out. Unless the light shines. When the light shines, we can lay our burdens down. When the light shines, that bitterness and anger just melts and vanishes away. 
When the light shines, well, you can see a little bit of Jesus. All right. What are you talking about, preacher? Greater light, he said he was the light of the world. The lesser light, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set. What is that? That's the church. Amen. All right. Let's go on. You want to tell you? Now, let's go back to science for just a minute. We can go out, and if the skies are clear and it's no clouds, we can look up, and we can see that there appears to be a light in the sky that's called the moon. And if you've got a telescope or something other, you can even see the surface of the moon, how it has craters and divots and things like that in it. But science tells us that there's actually no light there on the moon, that it's actually a dark surface, and it's got two sides, and when that, when that moon rotates and the, and the part that faces away from the sun, it's actually total darkness. The only reason we see any light from the moon at all is because the moon reflects the light from the sun. If this world, if Cobb County is going to see any light come from Dutch Bottoms at all, it's going to be because the S-O-N came and showed down through this church and out into this community. Amen. I'm getting to the lights. <laughs> all right. Now, you know, you have a string of lights that you hang. I'm sure Bobby had several strings that he hung. Some of them are all white. Then you see some that have different colors. Science also tells us that the rainbow we see in the sky, whenever it's covered rain, is not actually there. Guess why we see the rainbow? The rainbow is a result of the sunlight passing through the water particles in the sky. And the colors that we see are the rainbow are the refraction or the, or the bend of the light when it hits the, the water vapor, the water, the water droplets. And based on the, the angle of the, of the bend of the light, determines the color that you see in the rainbow. And you all know the different colors of the rainbow. You know, yellow, orange, green, purple, violet, blue. You know all those. And so it depends on how the sun hits that water, water particle, which color that you see. It depends on how much of the sun I let shine in my life how much God you see in me. Would a man light a candle and put it on a bushel? No, he'd take the bushel off so that it could give light into all the house. A lot of times I'm afraid folks have seen very little God in my life because of the bushel that I've put on it because of the sin I've cloaked it with, because of the cares of this world I'm surrounded with. Here's what the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run the race that's set before us with patience. 
I believe every day we have is a gift from God. Amen. And the reason He's given it to us is to be a help to somebody that needs help. And if we refuse to help, we've not done his will for that day. Amen. Well, what does that say? For he that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, what is that? To him that is sin. All right. So you could see those lights strung out there with different colors. And I may be a purple today, but if I can get my life straightened out with the Lord... I might be an orange tomorrow. And if I can get right up in the center of his will, my light may be white. And there they are all strung out. Bobby, I don't know how many you have strung out in your yard. Maybe five, maybe ten, maybe fifty. But this is the experience I've had with Christmas lights. You can have fifty on that line of lights and if one bulb is blown out what happens to that whole string you know why that happens don't you it's because the way they're wired the electricity runs from one light to the next light to the next light so if light number three the filament's blown in the bulb it won't light and neither will none of the lights beside it. What are you talking about, preacher? What, how is that related to church? I have seen services, and, and I've not seen many since I've been here. But I have seen services where the good power of God was moving, where people were testifying about the goodness of the Lord, where the songs were sung and tears were flowing, all folks' cheeks, and I've heard shouting and things of that nature, that's the good power flowing. <laughs> if you want to encourage your pastor, mind the good spirit of the Lord. Amen. If, you want to, if you want to be a blessing to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family, if you want to be an example to your children, mind the good spirit of the Lord. When he says, sag, sag, when he don't say sag, sit out. When he says to, to testify and tell of his love and his mercy and his goodness, talk. And when he don't tell you to, sit down. When he says to shout and lift up his name and praise him, do that. And if he don't say that, just sit still and be quiet until he does. I'm here to tell you today it's all about the power. And if we don't have the power, we'll never be able to shine. Amen. All right. But I've seen services where the good powers of God would fall in. People say, I want to know what heaven's going to be like. Well, sit in the middle of a good spiritual service and you'll find out. Amen. It said we've been made to sit together in heavenly places. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. But I've seen those services roll by. And I'll just give you a little anecdote. I went to a revival meeting. Several, several years ago when I was a young preacher. And the church, there was a good spirit there. Everybody was gathered up on the altar. People were testifying. Tears rolling down folks' faces. And you just knew something good was going to happen. Until a home preacher began to speak. 
And he told about a dream that he had had and how everybody in the church was wrong except him. And a church that was almost shoulder to shoulder standing on the altar began to gently move. And as this fella talked and the church was on the altar shoulder to shoulder, he talked for around five minutes or so and by the time he got done, there was a 10-foot circle completely around him that no one was in. And I learned a lesson that day. Sometimes if you just be quiet and listen, you can learn a lot of things. When the, when the man, and he was in his, as far as he was concerned, he was right. But when he got done speaking, the pastor didn't ask if anyone else had anything to say. He didn't ask for a song, if anybody had a song. He just said, let's pray. And the church fell down, and they prayed. And you know how we do. When the prayer is over, we get up, we go back to our seat and sit down. He didn't ask the men, the evangelists holding the meeting, if they had a word that they wanted to share with the church or anything like that. He went straight to the pulpit. And I believe there are times as pastors that the Lord wants us to be quiet. And then there's times he wants us to do what he needs us to do. He went straight to the pulpit. He opened his Bible up. He read the scripture about try the spirits and preached one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. And when it was over, he dismissed and went home. When the power's cut off, there's nothing you can do. That's right. Except pray. And try the spirits. Yeah. Christmas lights. Let your light. Now listen. I know people in this day and age, we've got modern. We've put up our, our vinyl reindeer and Santa Claus and, and you name it. And that's okay. I'm not being critical of that. But do those things have a light? Could you see those things without the strand of lights? If you were driving by my house and I had one of those fixtures up and it wasn't lit and I had no other lights on, could you see that? It still takes the lights, doesn't it? And so you see, my light may be just one in a strand of many strands. Now here sits our, our association representative. I don't know how many churches we have in our area, but it's several. I would say maybe 40, 50, somewhere along in that line. And I'm just one little old bitty bulb. In all that. And if you depended on my light that I put out, you might not even be able to see to make it to the door. But if I can get a hold of just a little bit of power 
And, and I've heard this saying that the spirit flows from breast to breast. If I can get a hold of just a little bit of power, just a little bit of spirit, and touch John in some way, and his light can shine, and what he's got to say or do can touch Bobby in some way, and his light can shine. I like that little song, don't you? That the kids sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I like the verse that they sang around here at Dutch Bottoms. Shine all around Dutch Bottoms. I'm going to let it shine. So if my little light and your little light and your little light and all our lights when the power is on can shine, we can reach everybody in Dutch Bottoms. You know what we need in Cock County? <laughs> oh, preacher, we need more jobs. You know what we need in Cock County? Preacher, we need more wealth. And there are things our, our county here needs. But what it needs more than anything is it needs us Christians to let our light shine. To let people know that there's reason to believe that this Jesus thing is real. Why how are they going to know when we're as miserable as they are? How are they going to know when we fuss and they see us doing the very same thing that they're doing, living the very same way they're living? You can't shine like that. You know it. And I do too. Here we are. It's December the 1st, 2021. And I've thought of this a lot lately. How many of us have children that are not where we'd like them to be? They're not, not at the house of God. They're not living the way they should be living. We all have them, don't we? And I've learned once they moved out of my house, it don't matter how much I fuss or I could get them and try to drag them. I can talk to them. I've decided the only way, the only thing I can do is to turn on my Christmas lights and let them shine. I'm not talking about a strand that's on the gutter of my house. I'm talking about this light. I'm talking about the love of God. I'm talking about the goodness of the Lord and the mercy he's shown on me. I'm talking about the times that I didn't think I was going to make it. And God came through and brought deliverance for me. I'm talking about the joy that comes with knowing the Lord. About the peace that there is that passeth all understanding. About the long suffering 
that he had for us. And here's where it comes in on my part. If he was long-suffering toward us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, shouldn't we try to be more like him when it comes to our loved ones? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about turning on our Christmas lights. You'll go to the mall and you'll meet some of the most aggravated, ill-tempered folks in a rush to get things that people won't remember a year from now. What's more important? That we buy a certain gift? As a matter of fact, let me close with this. Do you remember the beggar in Acts chapter 3 that sat at the beautiful gate of the temple? Somebody brought him there and set him there every day. What long-suffering and patience they must have had. He's seen Peter and John coming toward the temple asked in alms. Now you talk about somebody's light shining. I believe it was Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But I've got good news for you. Such as I have. I, I don't have anything. I don't have a new car. I don't have a, a roll of money in my pocket to put in your little tin cup. But what I've got's better. What I've got is worth far more. Such as I have. The peace that I've got in my heart. The joy that comes with knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let me tell you what I've got. I've got the best gift ever given. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he got him by the right hand, and he said, rise up and walk. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, preacher, his legs were healed. What about his heart? You want evidence of that? Where did he go? He went into the temple running and leaping and praising the Lord. I'm going to say he was healed on the outside and the inside. Amen. (laughs) So, see, friend, you got a neighbor that. Won't darken the door of the church. Turn your Christmas lights on. I'm not talking about annoying him. I'm talking about shining a little love and kindness his way. You got children that won't darken the door of the church. When the Lord will let you. Amen. Amen. When the Lord will let you. Now here's what happens. When you talk and the Lord's not in it, you offend people. You've got to wait until the Lord gives you an opportunity. When the Lord will let you, let your Christmas light shine. You see somebody in town, looks like they've lost their best friend, that's a good time to let your Christmas light shine. Or you can be like old grumpy Mike. 
I've never been one to, we do a tree every year. Ours is still in the garage right now. Tammy will want me to put it up probably sometime in the next few days. We never have hung lights outside or anything like that. I never have been that, that kind. If you are, that's wonderful. That's great. But I hope I'm the kind that lets my Christmas light shine. I hope I'm the kind that when you meet me, you'll say there's somebody that loves the Lord. He must have something. And you've heard my testimony about when I was an eight-year-old boy the Sunday night before I got saved. Here I came out and around the corner. You know what I saw standing in front of the front pew? A whole row of Christmas lights. That's what I saw. I saw the saints lying down the front pew as I rounded to shake hands. I looked up at them, and their countenance was completely different. Tears rolling down their face. They were rejoicing as I shook hand to hand to hand. They had the power on, and they were shining. And it made me realize in that instant that I was lost and undone without the Lord, it made me realize they had something I didn't have. You can take a good light bulb and a bad light bulb, hold them out here, and they look exactly the same, don't they? And you can't really tell. You may be able, if you hold it up to the light, to see the broken filament. But to be sure that it doesn't work until you put the power on it, you'll never know the difference. Those men had the power in their life. As a matter of fact, some of them were distant relatives to me, but I didn't have what they had. I couldn't shine. Miss Greg and I were talking about this before the service. My little boy did this. When I was at Round Mountain, I pastored up there for nine years. Sometimes, when a child gets under conviction, they'll try to do more. They'll volunteer to do things. And he would, got to where he would get up beside the song leader. He was about eight. He'd stand beside the song leader with the song book in his hand, help them to lead singing. Or he'd do little jobs and things like that in church. What it was is somebody had turned on their Christmas lights and he realized he wouldn't shine it. He realized he was lost. Until we got into revival at the church and it was the middle of the week. We were coming home from service on a Wednesday night. We were in downtown Newport, right there at the red light where the men's den used to be. And while we were sitting there at the red light, he said, Daddy, I want to be saved. And I was a pastor. I wanted the church to see it. I said, Son, can you wait till we get back to church to Barnett? He said, No, I can't. I had to pull over at the parking lot across from the men's den we had a little minivan and I opened up the side door on the minivan 
He got down there in the floorboard and I got down on the pavement on my knees and we prayed. And I, he got saved right there Amen. in the parking lot across to the bed's did. His light was lit. Amen. I came through the church. Had they not been praying, that had never happened. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So friends, let your Christmas light shine.